And welcome back to the Diz Dads Podcast Plus. I'm your host, Aaron Ripmaster, and tonight we're recording episode 32 of the Diz Dads Podcast Plus. Back to a trip report, and this time we'll be have a, a returning guest from an old dad show, uh, Brian Cassidy. So welcome to the show, Brian. Hello. And as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tim Hicks. There's a snake in my boots. And Willie Crocker. Hey guys, welcome back. So now that Tim has managed to pour the water out of his boots, uh, we can get to recording. Before we do get into this trip report, though, I want to thank our podcast sponsors. Uh, first, our travel sponsors, Wicked Mouse Travel and Mouse Master Travel. Uh, both are authorized Disney vacation planners who would love to help you get your next Disney destination vacation on the books. Uh, you can check out Wicked Mouse Travel at wickedmousetravel.com and Mouse Master Travel at mousemastertravel.com. And as always, we're sponsored by Kingdom Strollers, Orlando's premium stroller and crib rental vendor. The next time you're traveling to Orlando with a little one, uh, you might consider checking out Kingdom Strollers. They are priced well. They take great care of their equipment. They're going to bring you a clean, well-cared-for stroller to use throughout your trip, and you get a lot more convenience when you can take that stroller all the way from the park back to your resort instead of having to return it at the front of the park uh, you know, before you head back to the resort. So you can check them out at kingdomstrollers.com. All right, guys. Um, Back to trip reports. We've got a few of these here because now that Walt Disney World has uh, opened to guests again, we have people coming back from new vacations. And um, Brian, this was a, a bit of an interesting one for you because uh, it was was scheduled originally long before any of this park reservation stuff or pandemic response stuff was going on, right? That's correct. So- Talk about the original plan for this trip. Like, what what was behind it in the first place? Well, originally we had a uh, a DVC uh, reservation so that we could go to uh, the DVC Moonlight Magic, and I think this this Magic Moonlight Magic was supposed to be at the Magic Kingdom. Um, so um, you know, I forget where we originally had our reservation, but uh, we had a a one bedroom, um. Uh, DVC room reserved because we have a friend um, here in Jacksonville who isn't very familiar with Disney. And so he doesn't have like annual passes or anything like that. So we thought a good way to introduce him to the parks would be to have him as a guest um, as a part of the DVC Moonlight Magic experience. Um, And so he's been to um, uh, Hollywood Studios twice. um, And then we're going to do the magic kingdom this time, but, uh, COVID-19 kind of put the kibosh on that. <laughs> right. So, so your, your plans actually had to change quite a bit because you were originally building the whole thing around 
you know, going and, and sharing this new experience with your, your friend. And I mean, in some ways it was a way to capitalize on the fact that it being that, that, you know, DVC owner special event, you had that low crowd at Magic Kingdom. Uh, they, they put on a great party for that. And so it would have been a, a kind of an exclusive, a VIP experience. Uh, at at Magic Kingdom for his introduction. Um, exactly. Now that obviously you know went away. So talk about the sort of considerations for you know what what you decided from there because when they first canceled those uh, Moonlight Madness or Moonlight Magic parties, you know at that point the the parks were closed and there you didn't know when they were going to reopen you didn't know what the rules were going to be and which resorts were going to be open and any of that so you know talk talk about that interim stage well um okay when it became apparent that the uh, moonlight magic events would be canceled and uh the the parks being open was up in the air um you know we we reviewed the um uh the DVC cancellation policies and basically what it was is that they would they would automatically cancel your dvc reservation um if you got to a certain threshold while the parks were still closed and um and the the cool thing about that is if you happen to borrow points from uh the the next use year those points would be returned back to that you the use year that you borrowed it from or the use year that you spend it from um so we just decided okay we'll just let DVC cancel them on a rolling basis as necessary. But then when the parks opened up, um, we thought, okay, well, we were really um, happy with the, uh, the protocols and the, and the, the, uh, uh, the precautions that Disney was putting into place um, as far as, as the, the rules that they had for people, you know, the social distancing and uh, mandatory mask wearing and, temperature checks and all those things that we felt comfortable going back to the parks. Um, okay. So we changed our reservation from whatever resort we originally, um, and I should have um, looked this up before I, I got on the show, but <laughs> whatever re- original reservation we had, and um, I actually had to get on the phone with the DVC representative, and he said that Riviera was available, and we haven't been there yet, so that was an obvious choice, especially since the two parks we were going to visit was were Magic Kingdom and uh, um, Epcot. Okay. Um, now, now is use... your is your friend from uh, Jacksonville still going to go with you, or is it is now it now a couple's trip? No, it's just a couple's trip. He's regu- uh, relegated to um, uh, puppy sitting. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So how, if I may jump Go in ahead. here, how, how intrepid was, um, uh, your lovely Diz wife about making this trip at this oh, point? Very much. <laughs> she's like going through a withdrawal. <laughs> so she's like us. We're all wanting to get there. We just right. can't get there. Yeah. We, we want to get there, but we're scared to get there, but we want to get there, but we can't get there. <laughs> and we don't know how to safely get there yet. That's right. What, well, I mean, uh, we're, we're in Florida, so we can't. You know, we're already in the quarantine. You know, we're not going to quarantine to get back to the state that we came from because we're, right. we're all in the same place. So that's a plus. Well, and and, and I think that, that actually, you know, raises a good point. So you drove, I, I presume, to Walt Disney correct. World. Um, and that's the way you normally do things because that's where you're coming from. So so that you know didn't present any big changes to you. Um, you know, 
let, let's talk though about preparation because th- there were still going to be some preparation changes. I mean, you, you changed resorts and you got to go to a, a resort you hadn't visited before. And that's, that's nice. Um, but you know, normally at that point, you also would have had dining reservations to make and fast pass plus reservations coming right on the, around the corner and things like that. Um, so h- how did your preparation for this trip differ from the way you would normally get ready for even you know, a, a kind of a weekend getaway trip like this. Well, actually, this is kind of a special circumstance because the 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 intention of the original trip was to introduce our friend to Disney through a Moonlight Magic event. So there are no um, uh, uh, fast passes that that, right, that are involved right. in that, and it's not like we're going to go to the parks the next day because he doesn't have a park ticket. So it's basically his. Uh, our, our our park involvement in the original plans was just through the uh, uh, the Moonlight Magic event. Um, we did have, I believe, we had a reservation at um, uh, one of the restaurants at the Animal Kingdom Lodge because uh-huh. um, uh, he he went to uh, to Boma the first time and really enjoyed that. And Lisa and I wanted to introduce him to um, uh, uh, one of the the Table service restaurants there. Either Jico or Sana. Sana. I think Sana. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we had a reservation at Sana uh, for the next morning, but uh, of course that got canceled, and um, you know what didn't turn out to be a part of our plans. Um, you know the revised plans. Sure. Sure. Uh, all right. So now you have your your two days set aside to do. Um, Epcot and, and Magic Kingdom, um, you're staying at Riviera. What what were your sort of initial impressions as you drove up to Riviera? Um, I guess just how empty the the, the roadways were. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, not real. Really, our, our our experience with driving around Disney property hasn't been, um, you know, a, a lot of of backed up traffic or or long lines at the um uh the the parking lot gates in the first place but i mean it was it was just very sparse uh sparsely populated with cars um and and so there are two other differences one is okay we're pack we're packing masks um uh as as far as our packing list goes right and the other thing is um you know they're doing uh uh what do they call it when you're checking with the app? Right. Mobile check-in. Yeah. They, right. They're, they're kind of insisting on the mobile check-in to reduce, um, face-to-face contact with, um, cast members at the, um, at the lobby. Right. And that's something that I've, I've avoided in the past. Cause I, I didn't want Disney to put like uh, a, a lock on the credit card for a certain amount of money. Um, you know, they, cause, cause when you, when you put in a, a credit card as a part of that check-in process, they, uh, put a hold on, I don't know, two or three hundred dollars uh, to cover any potential expenses you have. Right, right. Um, and so that was something that we've avoided in the past, but we kind of didn't have a choice. Sure. Um, so well, this and, was the first and time to, to tell you the truth, they, they kind of do that anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you if you wait and do it when you check in, they still put that same hold on the, on the card. They just wait until you check in and do it. Well, yeah, exactly. don't give them You're still going to get dinged. Not if you don't give them a card. I mean, we're we're staying on points, so um, oh, I see. There's there's uh, no yeah. credit card involved. Right, right. The DVC thing. 
Okay. Yeah, most guests have to probably have to do that one way or the other. They have to give them a card. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. So, so you did, you know, you normally avoid it. How, how did the process go though? You know, you don't normally use it, but did it, did it work out all right for you? Yeah, it worked out fine. I mean, the magic bands worked when we, um, we got to the room, but we didn't go to the Riviera. We went straight to, um, to magic kingdom. Oh, okay. So we, we got on property and went straight to the TCC. Interesting. Um, and I assume your annual, annual pass holders. Yes. Okay. So you went straight to the TTC and headed towards Magic Kingdom. So talk about the differences in that entrance experience. I mean, even getting from the TTC to Magic Kingdom is is a little different, right? Yeah. Um, so actually, uh, once again, TTC, the TTC parking lot was was pretty empty, even though we were arriving like midday. Right. Um, and we, I don't know if they'd already filled as much of the hero side as they, as they wanted to, but they put us on the villain side. Um, and we were all the way over to the, uh, the right, um, towards the front, you know, where the, uh, the charging stations are for the electric vehicles, right? but all the way over to the, the right. And, um, they were doing that thing where they were parking cars in every other space. Right. Um, and I forget if they were like parking cars behind, um, like if, if we were in the front slot, if they would put someone in the back slot. Well, see, um, now that's one of those things that changed, I think two or three times in the first couple of days after, you know, that first couple of weeks after they opened, my understanding is that they, what they tried to do, what they wanted to do was to park people in, in that sort of checkerboard fashion that, that mm-hmm. you described. Um, and basically people are stupid. Um, you know, they tried and people just didn't do it. They couldn't follow directions. They're so used to parking in cattle herds. That's right. Why. Right. That's true too. I mean, they just shove it in, shove it in, shove it in like anywhere else you park. Yeah. Well, I, I was aware that they had this parking protocol and so I was paying particularly careful attention to where the uh, attendant was directing me to go. Right. Well, see, you, you're, you're a, uh, you know, a, a good guest. You're a friendly guest. The kind they like. Yeah, right. Instead of being um, a problem child. Okay. And so the other thing is, is that there was no tram service. Um, right. So wherever, right. wherever you parked, you had to walk um, to the uh, security area. And maybe because of that, I, you know, like I said, I didn't see the hero side, but maybe because of that, they didn't fill up the hero side completely before they started directing people over to the villain side. Yeah. Uh, I think they were reduce. trying to get people as close to the park as they could. Yeah. Um, so we walked to the, um, uh, the security gate or the security area. Um, and they did. Okay. So you go through the temperature screening, uh, area first. Um, this is where they, uh, they, they have the thermometer gun that they, um, uh, point at your head to get your, your temperature. Right. So it's like a a touchless uh, temperature uh, method. Pointing a uh, gun at your head. That sounds like that sounds so dusty. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. And then, um, and then we proceeded to baggage the baggage search. And it, our understanding was that it was supposed to be a touchless search. Like if if you if if they detect anything in the scanner that they want a closer look at, that they'd ask you to open up your bag and take things out. Right. Um, and, and expect inspect it that way. But the uh, security person that was looking at my bag actually um, 
stuck his hands in, in my bag. Um, you know, there, he had gloved hands on, but the thing is, is that those gloved hands may or may not have been touching other people's bags. So I wasn't right. really pleased about that. Yeah, I think that's probably somebody reacting out of habit because that's <laughs> it's not the way they're supposed to do it. Did you right. say something? I did not. Okay. I mean, the, the 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 damage was done. Right. <laughs> right. Um. And uh, we decided, although we we love taking the monorail and the monorail was running, uh, we decided ahead of time that we were going to avoid the monorails on on this trip. Um. So we headed over to the ferry. Um, and, uh, we had uh, serendipitous timing because we were the last ones to get on the boat before they, uh, closed the gate, oh, um, yeah. just in and time. headed out. But there were only like, what, seven other parties on that boat, maybe four or five of them were on the upper deck. Huh? So, uh, Lisa and I just headed towards the, uh, the front of the boat on the port side or the left side and, uh, just hung out there on our dot. You know, they had, they had a green, I think green dots um uh, scattered throughout the uh, the decks for okay. different so like standing to, points like yeah. they would use at at you know space or uh, at uh mission space correct okay um and we just and, and of course we're wearing our masks uh from the time that we get out of the car until the time we get back into the car uh so we're wearing our masks on the boat even though there isn't really anybody around us right um, all right. Well, by, it sounds like they were doing a good job of keeping the capacity low and keeping people spaced out and all of that, which is, which is a good thing. Um, Tim, it looks like you were trying to ask. A question. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. So based on all of this, how safe did you feel based on how you expected things to go? Uh, I felt I felt safer in Magic Kingdom than I do, uh, or than, than I have like going to the store. Um, That's I mean, what we I've haven't heard. Really, okay. We haven't really gotten into this, but like uh, mask usage was was nearly a hundred percent, and the the only the only exceptions were like people were kind of breaking the rules and they were um, eating and or drinking while they were walking. Um, but other than that, people were wearing their masks. But and if you go to the store, you have down on that too, right? Did you see anybody crack down on that? I did not, but I don't think I don't think a cast member noticed. Um, well, they didn't notice the, the, these people doing this activity while Lisa and I were around them. They have changed that rule since then. Right. So. And I was going to say, the big thing is that they were there within that first week after opening. Um, right, right. And it was sometime about two weeks in that they basically said, look, no more walking and eating or drinking. If you're going to eat or drink, you got to sit down. Because <laughs> that seemed to be the biggest problem yeah. area. And that's what you do. I mean, as as things progress, you evaluate and you change the rules. And that was a rule change that worked. Right. <laughs> like yeah, Aaron said, the parking, it changed three times in three days. So yeah. might as well change the other rules too. <laughs> so learn and adapt. Um, but so it was good to hear that you, you noticed the, the, there was a good, you know, compliance across the board. It looked like you know, pretty much a hundred percent. So talk about the park experience itself. I mean, obviously the crowd was smaller, but, but what about the, the, you know, actual experience of entertainment attractions, those kinds of things in, in the park? Well, I mean, the entertainment 
was uh, we okay so, so of course they're not having the 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 big parades but we knew that uh, going in but um, when we uh, when we first started heading down Main Street you know they have these like sporadic um, one one vehicle uh, or one float parade and I don't know if you can call it a parade but uh, uh, just a single vehicle. Uh, with with a number of of uh, characters on it, um, drive by charactering. Yeah, right, what, the, what the, are they what are they calling that? A cavalcade? I mean, it's like I, I know there's a, a certain name that they're calling that now, but instead of a of a parade, it's just like one or maybe two vehicles at a time coming up the street. Do you, do you remember that, Aaron? Do you remember the name of it? Uh, no, but I'm looking now while we're talking. Okay, cool. Go ahead, Brian. Um. And actually, just just to backtrack just a little bit, um, there they were not using the uh, when we entered actually entered into the parks. We scanned our magic bands, but there was no requirement to do the the fingerprint biometric uh, verification. Um, so they've they've I guess they've disabled that to avoid multiple people touching the same uh, device. That's a high touch thing, so I, w- I can see that sure. Um, but okay. So in addition to the, uh, the, the float that we saw coming down main street, um, we headed, um, off to the left towards Adventureland, and, um, in the, the, the balcony of crystal palace, um, we saw a Pooh, Eeyore and piglet that were just sort of hanging out there and waving at uh, the guests that were going by. And, um, you know, people would take, uh, uh, dis- like distant selfies, of them with the uh, the characters in the background, or they'd have um, people from their parties um, take pictures. Um, that was kind of like the uh, the character interaction. Right. Uh, and I have to say real quickly that it is Tim for the win on this one because Disney is referring to those drive by character meets as a cavalcade. Okay. Um. So I mean that those were the two different experiences and. and um, uh, that, that we experienced throughout the day, right? Um, is is like those uh, the the cavalcade, the the random cavalcades that would go by, and um, uh, you know, scattered throughout the park, you'd have uh, characters um, that were uh, waving from a distance. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention is because, uh, well, the other thing I wanted to mention is we really like the new castle paint job. Um, right. Right. Because that's you know that's the first thing that you notice once you get through the um, uh, going to the railroad tracks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we really like that. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. What What did you like about it? Uh, it, it seems to be a lot more vibrant uh, than the old color scheme, um, and I'm I'm guessing that may have been because of uh, the 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 paint had faded in the uh over the years in the sun and and that that previous color scheme may have been a lot more vibrant when it was first put on um but uh you know it's like uh deeper richer blues and golds yeah i Um, mean that's kind of the the it's an interesting thing it'll be a bit of a wait and see because although that's true to some extent and it's been a battle that they've been fighting since they opened walt disney world right because everything they paint fades in the Mm -hmm. Florida sun. Um, But it did appear to me that, you know, they've kind of gone different directions with it, right? There have been times when Disney maintenance has tried to 
use, you know, deeper colors in the first place, knowing that they were going to fade. Uh, and then there are other times where they've just said, we're not going to fight it and use more washed out color to start with so that it doesn't fade as bad and it, it looks more like it did initially. It, it seemed to me, and we'll have to wait and see if it holds up, but it seemed to me that this time they were being really sort of conscious of not just the the colors they were choosing, but the actual paint material that they were choosing and that they were choosing things that would, you know, stand up better to that natural fading. But but we'll see if it works. Because um, I would agree. I, I think it's beautiful what they've done. I mean, some people have, have pushed back on it, but I, I, to me, it just, it looks refreshed. Yeah, it I looks really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it in person yet, obviously, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see the colors because it really pops. If you really ask me, it's like it's the castle now, and it's and that's what Disney does. You know, they make they want to make everything pop. Okay, so seems to make sense to me. Like yeah. I said, we'll see. I'm ready to see it. Um, so characters, the the castle. Um, First of all, any other entertainment? I mean, I know that the entertainment options clearly are different than they are normally, right? I mean, you, you've got uh, character cavalcades going along on a regular basis. You've got characters, you know, waving, that kind of thing from from a distance. Um, but, you know, um, no Dapper Dans, for example, because you can't have, you know, live singers right in front of you. Uh, so was there, was there any other uh, in-park entertainment things that stood out to you? No, I'm looking through my notes and I don't see any other references to um, any kind of live entertainment other than the the types that I've already mentioned. Sure. And, uh, no performances. Uh, no performances. No parades. No fireworks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, so so that takes us to attractions. Um, you know, talk about attractions. Okay, so uh, of course the first thing that we did uh, in Adventureland was the Tiki Room, um, which was in, which is okay. So this is the only enclosed uh, space that you like. You you spend any period of time in in a, a single location right. in, um, and so uh, you know that that pre-show area. Um, again, once again, they have uh, markings for for parties to to gather around uh, to keep them uh, socially distanced from the next party. Right. Um, and so, once again, we kind of timed it well because we we got to the pre-show area just as the pre-show was coming to an end, um, and so we didn't wait there very long before they uh, uh, shunted us into the, um, the the tiki room, and they put us in the the front row, which is. Um, where the uh, the the handicap uh, folks are queued up, right? And so we got to enter into the tiki room first. Um, so we got our our choice of seats. So um, they were seating in every other row, and once again they had um, areas of those those benches marked. Um, and I think what they I think what they did in the tiki room is they had areas marked like "Do not sit here." Um, a, as opposed to having a green dot for you to to sit on. Okay. Um, so it was kind of so, the opposite. They said, they said, you know, they just marked places for you to stay away from and, and seated people sort of in, in, um, you know, at least a row in between. And then uh, again, trying to kind of do that checkerboard thing. Correct. 
Okay. Um, and, and so, you know, we enjoyed the show and, um, we were the first ones out, uh, you know, cause we, we sat, uh, kind of near the exit doors, uh, cause they want, they, they kind of wanted you to go all the way across, um, so that other parties could, could sit in the row, um, as well. Um, right. and, and they never liked it before, but now they're really kind of insistent on the fact that they don't want people crossing in front of other folks right. to, to get now a seat. They've got to be, now yes. they've got to be really stringent about that, right? Yeah, and, and I, di- I didn't see any of that um, when we were in the – because we were the first ones in, so we could observe the other people right, filing right. in, and I didn't see any um, of that kind of uh, behavior. Good. Um, all right, so, so you, you got to – do Tiki, they, you know, adjusted the seating, but the show itself was pretty much the same. So, so that sounds like that was on, on balance, a, a good thing. Um, any, any other attraction experiences that stand out in the magic kingdom? Oh, well, uh, our, our next, our next two attempts were kind of failures because the pirates of the Caribbean was temporarily closed for vehicle, uh, sanitation. Okay. Um, and splash mountain was, uh, closed and the, uh, um, the, the waterways were drained. Uh, so they were doing some kind of, uh, extensive maintenance on that. Okay. Um, all right. That wasn't when the, um, the, the, the ship went down and pirates, was it? <laughs> no. Oh, that <laughs> wasn't when, I'm sorry. That no, was no, it wasn't. It was early. It wasn't when splash sunk like yeah. the Titanic. Yeah. Um, I think that, that, that incident happened after our visit. Correct. Did, did you give it a try to the haunted mansion? Yes, that's our that was our next attempt. So we did okay. go to the the haunted mansion. Um, they sent us through the uh, standby queue, um, and of course they had these mar- the, the markers where you're supposed to stand. And um, we found quite frequently that the party in front of us would spill out behind their marker, and so if we were standing on our marker, we would be. In some instances, we'd be closer than six feet. So what right, we did is we just had an extra. We just had an extra marker between us and them, and then when they moved off their their marker two to, two markers down, we'd move to the next one, right? And just sort of That's shuffled smart. in that way. Um, and as far as how they handled the uh, um, the the pre show area, right? Um, they just had both doors open. Um. So they weren't running the pre-show at all. Okay, so you just and basically you just, walked through the stretching room. There was no stop to stretch. Yeah. You know, and they had markers in the stretching room, so it was just a continuation of, of the line. Um, so there was no okay. – they had it configured so it was a line straight from the the, the entrance to the uh, the Haunted Mansion area all the way to the, the loading conveyor belts. So there was no okay. um, place for people to gather or, or that um, – um, um, that whole mad, you know, um, that cow herding. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, no cattle cow herding into the, yeah. No cattle shoot into the doom buggies. Um, Do they have to stop the ride to clean it? I'm assuming that I'm, I'm assuming that they did that, um, periodically throughout the day. Um, but I was just wondering, ex- yeah, we didn't experience that when we were in the ride. My understanding is that on a lot of the Omnimovers, what they'll do is every so often they'll, you know, start loading like skip cars mm-hmm. and then half cast members wipe down the the empty ones in between. I didn't know if they would do this the spray where they just spray the thing like a, you uh, know, like your garden, like a the whole thing. Like just a car gets, wash? Yeah, basically a car wash of the doom buggy. 
Yeah, but mm. I don't think it could. I don't think it could dry that quickly. Do you think? Well, it's alcohol based. Well, yeah. So it dry pretty quickly. But depending on how much you have to spray on it, I don't yeah. know. I, that's yeah, that's something minutes. I'm not really familiar with. Yeah, I'd rather sit on bleach than on someone else's <laughs> COVID. <laughs> someone else's cooties. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, all right. Well, but, but it's good to hear, you know, cause, cause Haunted Mansion is one of the attractions that, that when we did our kind of show looking at what we thought they might do was, was one that we were looking at saying, you know, I, I just don't see how they do that, how they maintain distancing and all that. And it sounds like the compromise is that you lose the stretching room experience, but it allows them to have a basically continuously moving line. And I think they were only lo- loading every third or fourth carriage. Okay, so that yeah, so, so that's was, a part of it too, Tim. Yeah, that they're they're, you know, my guess is that they're staggering that right. They load every third, and they know which ones they've loaded. So they load every third, and then the next time they they load, like the next car behind. So each car is only occupied once out of every three cycles of the attraction. That would make it pretty easy for somebody to jump on in between the, the exactly, the, the and and for them to naturally just air out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so that was a good dark ride experience. Um, anything else uh, about attractions in, in magic kingdom? Oh yeah. So, um, uh, small world, uh, I'm curious uh, about this one. So, uh, once again, they had the markers, um, in the uh, standby line, um, and they, they were only loading the front and the back of the boat. Um, so those middle, middle two rows were, were empty. Um, and I think Lisa and I got the front, the front of our boat. Um, but the thing is, is that when you approach the end of the ride, you know, where those, where those, uh, boats, uh, bunch up, right. The, the front of your boat is pretty close to the back of the boat oh, ahead of you. Interesting. Point. Um, so you, you yeah. may be closer than six feet or closer, um, you know, while, while you're just sitting there waiting for the conveyor right. belt to, to pick you up and, and take you to the unloading area. It's a good example of why it's important to keep wearing masks, even though you're maintaining distancing, because, you you know, there are going to be situations where distancing just isn't possible for a variety of reasons. And that's a good example of one. Sure. Right. Um, and then the interesting thing about the, um, uh, well, not small world in and of itself, but when we're exiting small world. Um, that's when the, uh, the daily thunderstorm rolled in Okay, and, um, we saw lightning strike the castle twice within about 60 or 90 seconds. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Right, right from the exit area of, of small world. Man, that was some loud thunder. I'm sure that's really close to you too. Cause you're yeah. not that far. It's right. It's just right there. Um, and of course, you know, everybody's like running for cover. Um, which makes social distancing, um, kind of impossible. Um, now where'd you run? Huh? Where'd you run? We, we didn't run. We put on our ponchos and, uh, or not, we, not our ponchos. We got out umbrellas and just went out into the rain and went on to our next uh, destination. Uh, cause we're more, um, uh, uh, prancing around in the rain people than we are sun people. <laughs> I get that. I totally get that. I know you guys. I totally yeah, get that. Yeah. Um, 
So our next destination was Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Um, we got our own. We got our own uh, uh, honey pot. Right, and that's another one where you know there's a queue set up that's that's high touch. Um, did they just block all those things off, or how did they handle that? Yeah, they had them blocked off, and like uh, you know the 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 touch screen honey wall. Yeah. Or if you if you wipe your hand across it, you, you it's like you're clearing the honey away from from images underneath it. They had that turned off, and they actually had the queue um, routed around it, so you weren't actually walking past it and and had a temptation to touch it. Okay. Um, so they they basically used, you know, every layer possible to uh avoid having direct contact situation. with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they definitely did their best. Okay. Um so yeah, so like I said we had our own pot um and then after the Winnie the Pooh, we got on to Peter Pan. Do you know how bad that sounds? Yeah, we had our own pot. <laughs> Sorry, we had our own pot ahead. to then go Peter Pan. <laughs> We're gonna get high with Peter Pan. Positive. Yeah, that's funny. Um, okay, so, yes. Yeah, so, so then we went to Peter Pan, um, and I don't have any 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 recollection of anything special about Peter Pan other than the standard spacing of, of of the dots one of the things that that i wanted to mention is you know how s- sometimes you have switchbacks in the lines right um and they have uh placed the, the the dots where people are supposed to stand uh keeping in mind that they're dealing with switchbacks so sometimes you'll have a a, a run where you have three dots and then you turn the corner and there'll be one at each end and nothing in the middle so that you're not standing next to people on the other side of the railing. Oh, okay. does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so what they're doing is again still staggering it so that not only your parties distance from each other front and back, but side to side as well. Right, and and, and so in the queues where they haven't put up uh, uh, plexiglass barriers, they did that, and then there are other queues where they had plexiglass barriers. Um, I think. I mean, this 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 will be um, the app. The Epcot discussion, but the uh, Mexico ride, I think they had plexiglass um, installed there. Yeah, and they, they've they've been kind of adding that throughout, you know, basically as needed and and as they determine that you know it makes it, it would be helpful in a particular circumstance. But um, so let's 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 try and and you know kind of wrap up um, Magic Kingdom. Um, so. We've talked mostly about dark rides and things. Um, any any roller coaster riding? No, ah. uh, no roller coasters. Okay, uh, we we did. Um, well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Yes, we did Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Oh, I was just going to ask. Any Seven Dwarfs Mine Train? You had to do that. Yeah, Peter I was going to say you're in the middle of Fantasyland. <laughs> then Seven Dwarfs, and then we went to check out the fi- uh, the circus area. Uh, we rode Dumbo twice. Uh, we just sort of stayed in our um, elephant and not got out while they changed out with, you know, to the next group of people. But nice. I mean, it, it, it was so sparsely, you know, there's so few people that, um, it didn't matter. Like sure. there, it was maybe like 20%, um, filled on our first ride and 20% on the second ride. So it's not like we were preventing anyone from, uh, from right. riding Dumbo by staying on. Uh, then we did Ariel. 
Um, we wanted to do the people mover, but it's down or it was down when we were there. Okay. It'll be down until uh, number. So you're, you didn't miss anything. Right. Uh, we, we skipped carousel progress because we figured that was too risky. Um, too, too much time in enclosed space. Oh, okay. Um, Reasonable thought. And then we, we went on jungle cruise. We went back to adventure landing to jungle cruise. Um, and uh, so they had a plastic sheet separating us from the pilot of the boat. And then they had these plastic dividers that, that they had spaced out throughout the, the, um, uh, the seating the, area of the boat, the seating area of the boat to keep okay. parties um, separated. That makes sense. Um, and we didn't, the, the, our, our cruise director didn't have any um, COVID specific humor um, that she added. Yeah, I don't the, think we're going to find him oh, joking oh. about COVID. Okay. Oh, um, and then the last the, the last ride we did was Pirates, and we went back to Pirates of the Caribbean, and they 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 were running. Okay. Um, and once again, it was uh, uh, seating front and back of the boat. Um, and uh, then we. Uh, headed back to the ferry boat and, and took that back to the ticket and transportation system, uh, center. So, so let me ask you this. I mean, you, you went through, you rode just about anything you wanted to ride. It doesn't sound like you had any significant weights or anything like that. Did you feel like you got, you know, a, a full day's ticket value out of your day in the magic kingdom? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, we, we rode a bunch of rides. Um, you know, there were some some shows or, or, or sit down experiences that we would normally do um, on a on a you know in the before times, right? Right. Um, that you couldn't that we couldn't do or or didn't choose to do, like for Carousel Progress. I mean, Carousel Progress is is typically one of our uh, our mainstays. Sure. Um, and so there were there were there were some things that we 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 didn't get to or couldn't get to, but I mean, overall, I think we you know it was, it was just good really great to be back in the parks all right well that's good and and like i said i mean the the part to me that was was important is that that i want to make sure people understand that that we talk we're talking a lot about sort of the limitations and the controls and the differences but that that the trade-off was you know you still felt like you got good value because you didn't spend a lot of time in lines or doing things that were were not sort of positive fun things right Right, and I think the longest time we waited waited in a line was fifteen minutes. Okay. Wow, that's and, and I do not remember it. That may have been the mine train. Right. Um, but, what did you do for food? Oh, okay, yes. So for for lunch, uh, we we had uh, uh, we got stuck pick that yeah. we got food at Pico's Bills. Um. We wanted to try and get something at Liberty Tree and then Skipper Tan- Canteen, but the waits were uh, kind of long at those places. So uh, we settled for uh, Picos Bills. And then we had dinner at uh, Topolino's Terrace. Oh, nice. Um, so at- so let's wait, let's talk a, a little bit about um, oh, you know lunch at, at Pecos um, first. So uh, if I'm remembering correctly, they're basically insisting that you do your ordering as mobile ordering, right? Yes. Um, and, and actually, I did have a note about that earlier in my notes because we had, um, um, after the Tiki Room, we got a, mob, uh, a, a Dole Whip. 
Okay. And that's when we discovered that you can't just go up and order, that you had to do the mobile ordering. Um, oh, okay. So we had that experience with the Dole Whip, so I kind of knew ahead of time that we'd need to do this with the uh, with, with Picos as well. Sure, sure. And and how did it how did it work? I mean, I, I've been interested to hear what the feedback was because I, I, in some ways I feel like this has been um, you know a bit of an opportunity for the quick service folks at, at Disney because it it feels like based on feedback that I'm hearing that you know now that they've got everybody using it. It, it has gotten a lot smoother than when they were trying to do this as a hybrid where some people were ordering at the counter and some people were ordering mobile. Yeah, well, definitely. Well, yeah, it's a lot easier when nobody's ordering at the counter um, and, and all your customers are, uh, are mobile orders. Um, but you, you, you place your order um, when you're outside of the restaurant and then uh, you get a notification um, that your order is about to be ready. And that's when the, the cast member at the entrance to, to the, well, the entrance to Pico's bill would actually let you in. Um, and then when you get the notification that it's actually ready, then you go up to the, the, you know, the counter area, uh, you know, it, it tells you your order's ready at counter four. And so you go up to counter four and, and pick up your, your order. Um, and then uh, find a seat and uh, and chow down. So okay. of course we went we we went outside. Yeah. Um, and uh, weren't a lot of people out there, uh, which is why we went out there. Um, and so I guess you know the closest party was maybe twenty or twenty five feet away from us, which uh, suited us fine. Sure. And I mean I think the nice thing there is that they're basically just making sure that. Uh, you know, you, you only have as much time inside as you need, right? So there's no reason to wait around inside where there's less air movement and all of that while you're waiting for food to be prepared so that you, you're outside until, okay, now it's ready to pick up and you can find a place to sit, all of that. Exactly. Right. And to the extent that that's what they're trying to drive people towards is doing the, the online mobile uh, ordering, I think that this is – inadvertently a really perfect situation for driving that solution. I mean, it, they didn't count on COVID-19 happening, but it's certainly helping address what they were wanting to do to um, improve the uh, per, their performance and their, their delivery of the food. No one wants to wait 40 minutes for lunch. I mean, like we've all, <laughs> we've all been there where you, you know, you get in line at, you know, anywhere. And next thing you know, it's 40 minutes and you got a hamburger in front of you and the kids are screaming and you have a fast pass waiting for seven right. doors mine train. Now you're at Pico's bills and now you got to run back over to seven doors mine train. It's, I mean, mobile ordering has been the greatest thing in the world. I mean, I mobile order two beers at a time anywhere I can. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. If, can you do that? <laughs> of course you can. You just have to show an ID when you get there. There you go. Important lesson. Uh, so that was Pecos Bill. Now, you went back to Riviera and had dinner at um, Topolino Terrace, which um, is the restaurant that's, you know, the the – sort of top floor um, penthouse restaurant, so to speak, um, at uh, Riviera. Um, so talk talk about that Topolino experience. Yeah, so we, our, our reservation was, I forget the time, but it was basically like uh, 15 minutes before closing. 
Oh, wow. Um, so we were, we were, we were, you know, we did that intentionally so that there would be fewer people up there. Okay. Although there were quite, there were quite a few people, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't have every table, um, available. So they had some tables, um, where like, you know, don't, you're not sitting here. Right. Uh, uh, marked for, for people not to sit there. Um, but it was, uh, more tables were, were, were being occupied than we expected for that, uh, time of night. Interesting. But, uh, once, once we sat down, people started to clear out and it kind of emptied out pretty quickly. Um, by the time we, we, we got our main course. Okay. Um, You know, the nice thing about that is just that with no fireworks, at any of the parks that you can't just, you know, there's no reason to sit there and try to, you know, catch fireworks at this park or that park because they're not happening. So clear on out. Oh, that's true. Cause that's the problem. That's the one issue with Topolino is that one of the cool things about it is that you can see fireworks from multiple exactly. parks from their terrace. Yep. And yep. yeah. So when there's, when there are fireworks, it can bog down service there at night. Especially if you get a standard view room, like Aaron got <laughs> compared to my preferred view room. Yeah, my standard view room that would have had an ideal view of uh, illuminations, or actually Epcot Forever was was Epcot playing. Forever, yes. and you could have seen Magic Kingdom. Yep, and I probably could have seen at least some of uh, the Galaxy's Edge. Um, you know the yep. the uh, the Star Wars fireworks. Right. Yeah, yeah, but. That's not something and I need could to worry about the for this. Pool. It was forty degrees, so <laughs> so that, there were no fi- fireworks, but there were um, thunderstorms off in the distance that that kept us entertained. Oh, that's true. Those would be fun to watch. Yeah, I prefer that sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. So, talk a little bit about the Riviera itself. Um, talk about the the rooms at Riviera because you know you stayed at several of the DVC hotels now, and Riviera is the newest build. Um, what what did you think of Riviera as compared to some of the other ones you stayed at? Well, you know, this is really weird because when when we um, we toured the Riviera style rooms, um, you know, when they were first starting to sell them before uh-huh. the actual right. resort was the open. model, yeah. Oh, uh, we weren't, we weren't really impressed with it. Like, okay, this isn't really our style. Uh-huh. Um, but when we, I mean, I don't think anything, anything's changed with, uh, the layout or the, the core, the core of the room, um, uh, between when we saw the model and when we walked in, um, on, on uh, Monday evening, but we were really impressed. Um, yeah, it's a it's 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 beautiful. It's a beautifully uh, decorated room, and um, one thing that we really liked—I mean, not that we used it—but there there are two showers. There's yeah. like a walk-in shower, uh, so so you go into the bathroom area and you have the sink the sink area, and then there's a toilet, and then there's a walk-in shower on your left, and on the right there's a bathtub with a shower. Um, so you can have two 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 members two people staying in the room. Um, you know, taking showers and getting ready at the same time, um, which isn't something you can do um, at any of the other studios. Yeah, say any any deluxe resort that I know of, other than that. Yeah, it's pretty rare. I mean, I think I don't know. It, it was an interesting design choice, right? Because what they did was basically give you. It, it's it's the way that they leveraged the fact that they wanted to have a sort of a luxury 
shower, but also have a tub that people could, you know, give a kid a bath in if they weren't comfortable with the shower, because that's one of the things people complained about, right, when they renovated over at Animal Kingdom Lodge, for example, is that they pulled out all those tubs to have those great showers. Um but this is kind of the, the compromise. And as long as they had the tub, it was like, well, we can throw, a sh- you know, what? no big deal to put a shower head and a, and a curtain there. So might as well. Right. Um, and you ended up with the, the best of both worlds. Um, so uh, we actually got a room with a parking lot view. Um, so, you know, not, not much to write home about there. Now, see, that's what Willie and I were kind of talking about there for a second, because that's the standard view. And the thing about Riviera is that it's kind of that, that side that faces the parking lot is kind of a broad and it's tilted at an angle a bit to mm-hmm. where Epcot is located. Um, so if you're close enough to the tower, if you're close enough to the center of the resort and you have that standard view room, yeah, you're, you're immediately above the parking lot. But if you look up a little bit in the distance, that's Epcot. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and so that's what we were talking about. And, and we're curious whether down the road here, we may see them refactor the way these rooms are categorized because what they've done is the rooms on the other side are the ones that are considered preferred because they don't look out on the, on the, the, um, driveway on the parking lot, parking lot. Right. But instead, so you have a Skyliner view, which is kind of cool, and you can see, and it's pretty still because you can see the the rooms, you know, at um, uh, Caribbean Beach, right? Right, you can see those buildings for Caribbean Beach. So it's still pretty, but, you know, it, it just seemed really ironic that the upgrade view is of the Skyliner and Caribbean Beach, whereas the standard view, as long as you look up, is of Epcot. Um, right, you got, you got to well, and and the upper floors, of course, it would be more preferred than the lowers. Well, but but you don't pay you don't pay more for it. Right, right. So, but you also can't guarantee it. But you know, so the, right. the, if There's you're going to ask for a room, if you're in a standard room, what you want to do is ask for something on a high floor and towards the um, you know towards the center of of the floor, because those are the rooms where you're going to be able to have that you know theme park view from your balcony that you don't pay any extra for. Okay, well, well, our our general criteria for rooms is as high as, well, I mean, usually we're staying at resorts where there's only two or three stories. Right. Um, so we want to be in the upper floor so there's nobody above us. Um, and we want to be as far from, like, the elevators and the stairs as possible, so the, the really the quietest areas. Right. Um, so we, we kind of got a room um, out towards the uh, the edge. I think we were on the uh, the western edge. Okay, so if you're on the edge there now, there depending on which side that is, and and Willie, maybe you can help me because my sense of direction isn't good enough. If you're on the western edge, does that mean that you're on the edge that's closest to the Skyliner or farthest? I think that looks right down at the Skyliner, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Okay. Well, in that case, we're in the eastern edge. <laughs> well, the eastern yeah, edge not- is where. When when you went in the building, did you go past the cafe and go down towards Topolino, or did you go right towards the main? I don't want to call it main building because they're both main buildings. Well, we actually entered in through a, a side door. We didn't go through the lobby. 
okay. to, to go in, but we had to pass the lobby to get to the Skyliner. So that I guess that would put us on the east side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're both very nice. They are. They I are. cannot complain at all. No, I was just talking about the the balance right, though the balance, of yeah. of where you're staying. So, um, you know, uh, all right. So you're at the opposite side from the Skyliner, but um, uh, so that and that would explain why you didn't necessarily have a clean view of of Epcot from a standard view. You just had the expanse of the <laughs> the expanse of the parking lot. Although even That's that is not a bad lot. view because it's especially if you're up high, um, you can see some cool stuff in the distance. You know, parts of other parts of Orlando and things. Well, yeah, and, and the the other thing is, is that unless we're at uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge, we're not really paying a whole lot of attention to what's outside the room. That's um, true it's too. Just basically, a, a place to sleep because we're basically at the parks from the time we wake up until the time they close. Um, so, you know, it's, it's the, the view is, is never really been a, a big criteria for us unless we're staying at animal kingdom. Right. Right. Well, never stayed at Bay Lake. Like vacation. <laughs> yes. Uh, we own a Bay Lake. Okay. So you've never really got a good room there. Well, the, all, all the rooms that we've gotten at Bay Lake have been, uh, um, the lake view. Oh, okay. Okay. Never the theme park queue. Well, we don't we don't spring for those kind of points. Well, don't waste sure. your points, <laughs> right? Go up to the top of the world and watch the same view, and have a drink exactly. while you're up there. <laughs> All right. Um, so it sounds like you know you you enjoyed the Riviera as much as any other of the the um, hotels, and and more really than you expected to, which is nice. Um, you stayed the night, and then your next day, the idea was to hit Epcot. Um, so, uh, talk a little bit about you know the the kind of getting going in the morning from the Riviera and heading over to to Epcot. Okay, well, I, one thing I want to add about uh, Riviera is that um, there is a lot of subtlety to their um, their decor. Yeah, um, you, you you need you you look at the um, the, the carpet and the, the, the scroll work. Um, and you'll see hidden, you know, characters, hidden characters and, and Disney symbols hidden in there, um, that you may not notice if, if you're just like walking through and rushing to whatever des- destination you're heading for. Right. So I love that. My recommendation is that if, if you're visiting or staying at Riviera, you know, um, take your time and really look around. Um, cause you'll, you'll be noticing things like everywhere. Um, so the, the other thing of note is the, um, when you're, you're passing underneath that archway on your way, uh, from the lobby area to, uh, the Skyliner, you've yeah. got those really beautiful mosaic, um, um, well, I'm, I'm struggling to think of the word. Well, you've got uh, two mosaic, two mosaic like arches. Yes. Um, that, 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 the, what, what is it like, uh, 50 or 60 feet apart that there are wide, how, how wide that arch is. Yeah, and I think so. Probably enormous and beautiful. They're and, out of and, this world. You know, it has these two, two separate, um, pieces of arc that, that arch all the way across the, uh, the, the archway um, and one of them is uh, Peter Pan themed 
and um, let's see, what was the other one? Is uh, Tangled. Aaron, do you remember? Tangled, yes. And they're ab- absolutely gorgeous, and and very much like the uh, uh, the mosaic in the uh, um, the castle at Magic Kingdom. Yeah, that, I, I think I mentioned that I, I thought it was the same feel. Um, although I thought it, they did a nice job of it being even more maybe bright and, and vibrant. Yes. Um, and then uh, and then we proceeded on to the uh, um, the Skyliner station. Um, although we got a bit confused because if you head straight to the first ramp that goes up to the Skyliner. Uh, that isn't the uh, the the line that goes to Epcot. You kind of have to walk around to the the left and walk around it, um, kind of getting to the other side of the station um, to get to the loading area that heads uh, to Epcot. Um, so once we got that figured out, um, we got into the station. I think we were the only ones like there wasn't any kind of line, um, and uh, we always ask to be put in if you know. If we always wait for a uh, a non-wrapped car. You know, some of the, some of those uh, cars are wrapped with character pictures, but right, we, right. Uh, we we right. prefer the unwrapped car so we have an un- unobstructed view. Um, and uh, you know, I I I agree with Willie that the Skyliner is really absolutely a, an amazing experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but go with the unwrapped car. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well. Unless you have kids that insist on being on uh, a rap car with their favorite, well, they want Chewbacca or you know Stitch or things like that. Well, or it's my son who, you know, might think that the experience of the Skyliner was cool, but doesn't want to see because he's terrified. Oh, good point. Yep, that's true too. Didn't think of that. You know, I don't know. In a couple of years, the novelty may wear off, but it's just really interesting to see uh, the Disney property from that perspective. Like what, fifty or sixty feet up above the ground, and you're you're seeing things that you don't normally see, and you see things from a perspective that you don't normally see it from. I wonder if they continue to build the Skyliner out, if the novelty will stay stronger. Because you can go anywhere and everywhere with the Skyliner compared to the buses. Well, think about the, uh, the the carbon emission reduction that we're talking about. If they can do that, if they do finish that out and eliminate the need for the buses. Correct. And it's just continually running. All- I could totally – yeah, I could totally see well, Disney doing. They'll like always that. have some buses running because, as as much as we love the Skyliner and as wonderful it is, it as it is, it it does you know have times where it stops. Um, or 115 degrees in a thunderstorm. Right. I mean, th- like, there are times right. where it can't run. So, so they do have to keep some buses around. But I I agree that that you know, frankly, the the more you know, the wider the Skyliner is adopted, the more places they use it, the better in my my view as well. Um, so of, of course uh, we had our own uh, uh, Skyliner. What are, what are they calling them? Cars? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I call them sky buckets. But <laughs> sky buckets. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you would. Um. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about the Skyliner. It's just a it's it's a great experience, and we really enjoyed it. Um, and it really 
helps to make uh, Riviera and the other the other moderate resorts um, all the more um, attractive destinations. Um, now that they're they're connected to um, to to some of the parks, right. Um, so of course that took us to International Gateway, um, and we had the uh, pretty much the same temperature check and, and touchless security um, experience that we had in Magic Kingdom. Only the security guards there didn't; they just waved us through. They didn't want to look into my bag. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's not like you I have terrorized you. <laughs> well, I mean, the only things I have in the bag are water bottles of water and and our two umbrellas. For the, well, I was going to say, just part. out of curiosity, is it was there any difference in what was in your bag? Not that I can think of. Um, a flamethrower, yeah, hand grenades. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I can guess is that, that it's possible that the umbrellas just kind of looked odd or something. Yeah. Um. Okay, and so the first thing we did is, once we got in the parks, is we headed towards the American Pavilion, because uh, we were going to have lunch at Regal Eagle. And um, on the way there, um, I think around uh, Japan, um, we saw a, uh, a a vintage car with Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, and Pluto. Um, and I think they they kind of had stuff like that a whole lot more frequently earlier in the park's history, uh, where they'd have vehicles uh, driving around um, World Showcase. Right. Yeah, they used to have the double-decker buses with characters driving around, which was so cool. Okay. Uh, well, this was like an old-timey, um, uh, you know, open, open car uh, configuration. So Is that was kind of cool. Was it like the Corilla DeVille um, Jaguar? Yeah, yeah. that kind of yeah, that kind of yep. vibe. Um, and and so we ate lunch at Regal Eagle, um, and we did a mobile order, and they actually were opening up. Um, just as we were getting ready to do our order, they opened up the uh, the pavilion the American Pavilion, because uh, they were going to do a, a, a I mean, the uh, Voices of Liberty weren't singing, but they were still doing shows in there. Um, um, right. And, yeah, and the so, American Adventure show. Yeah. Um, and so we sort of went into the lobby area just to, to absorb some air conditioning while we were waiting for our order to uh, uh, to get prepared. Um, yeah. And the same, same sort of deal, you, you, you get some notice um, that your order is about to be ready, and then you can actually go into the restaurant and um, wait there uh, for the your order's completed notice to to um, to hit your phone. Um, and then we picked up our food, and um, this time we we sat inside the restaurant, and that's a pretty big space. Yeah, and I think. Maybe there were eight or ten uh, parties um, dining in that area. Um, and, uh, you know, once again, social distancing was pretty good, except there was one party that had kids that were kind of running around. Um, so Lisa mentioned something to a cast member. Um, I, I think she spoke with her, her manager. Um, and then the manager spoke to the, the party about, you know, keeping their kids reined in. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, you know after 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 we finished eating and we headed out of the restaurant, um, the the manager actually uh, ran out and uh, and and spoke to us about that experience, um, and and actually thanked us for um, for bringing that to their attention. Oh, good. Uh, so so it was kind of a. a Good to know that the, uh, the 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 Disney cast members are, are uh, appreciative of um, uh, guests um, pointing out um, you know discrepancies from their um, uh, yeah they're ha- having to help police that that's yeah that's a good thing oh yeah and, and just being supportive of of you know guests who point out those issues to them. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point because, you know, one of the things, uh, actually this was something that I was just listening, uh, catching up on my, my own podcast listening. And, um, it's something that, that Len and, um, Jim Hill were talking about in terms of, of Len talking about overhearing a manager sort of coaching their, um, their cast members that were working at, at, um, at ba- uh, Backlot in Hollywood Studios uh, about just this exact issue. And they were just like, look, these are the rules. And, you know, you know what the rules are. And yeah, it's very important to enforce them. And if you see guests who aren't doing what they're supposed to do, then, you know, mention it to them politely. And a cast member said, well, but what if they don't, you know, what if they don't respond or what if they don't listen? And the manager was very quick to, you know, change demeanor 180 degrees and just say, then you come get me and I will take care of it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, they're not messing around with it. This is a situation where the Karens are like, you know, are going to rule the day because it's important right now. You understand what I mean by when it, never mind. <laughs> so everyone loves were, Karen. Right. You were um, in the lobby of the American Experience. Were the Voices of Liberty uh, singing no. at all? They're no, not no, performing? No, no. No, no. Okay. I just I just wanted to I think make clear. Still, uh, well, I think they're now off um, strike, but they were. Well, it's not that they're on strike, but there's none were, of the equity performers are performing because they they're still negotiating. Right. Okay. They just decided not to come back to work yet. No. Just a point I wanted to clarify. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's going to be an ongoing issue. Basically, they're they're sort of beefing with Disney over the um, testing protocols and you know how frequently they're going to be testing cast members and who's paying for it. And I think they have the new testing booth that is very open now, and you can get tested at that place. And I oh. think the equity people are coming back now oh, okay. because there is a complete. 100% testing facility that Disney's paying for. Okay. Which well, is amazing. That, that was, yeah, that was the big thing that they were pushing for. So if that's what's happening, that's great. Uh, I digress. All right. Well, so but it's a good question and it's an important one. Um, all right. So, so what did you think of lunch at Regal Eagle in terms of the food? Well, um, I, I think we went there more for, uh, for Lisa, uh, cause she wanted, so, so Lisa's a bit, uh, well, she's a pescatarian, but uh, as far as the Regal Eagle is concerned, she's a vegetarian. Right. And so she tried the barbecue jackfruit burger, and she really enjoyed it. Um, I had um, I had a salad and coleslaw, um, and uh, uh, we also had the banana pudding dessert, uh, which was quite tasty. Uh-huh. 
And and so the, the that's one of those ones that it, it was kind of one of those menu items that a lot of people who are vegetarians, you know, were excited to see it pop up on a menu because it's one that's that's been becoming more popular in vegetarian member vegetarian menus other places, but I don't think it really had showed up on on any of the Disney menus before this. That's interesting. And there's nothing like some good old Southern banana pudding. I'm sorry, Nana pudding. <laughs> Nana pudding. Nana pudding. <laughs> so, so I'm glad to hear that you had a good experience. I'm picky when it comes to barbecue. You know, you, you were you, you spent a little bit of time here when you were young, but you know, Kansas City barbecue and and Florida barbecue tend to not be in the same league. Well, yeah, I was not indoctrinated by the time I left. <laughs> um. So, um, okay. So, but, but, it, uh, you know, you did have a good experience and that's the important part. Um, what, what were your kind of main objectives for your touring in, in Epcot? Uh, I, well, I, geez. I, I don't know. Just to, just to experience the, I don't think we had any like specific. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's good too. I mean, I guess what I was getting at is, you know, were there particular attractions that were important that you wanted to check out? Was it just, you know, were there, um, there are a bunch of things in Epcot that are kind of in the process of, of renovation. Were you wanting to check out on that, check in on those things? Was there anything that was, um, you know, sort of the organizing principle for what you wanted to do for the day? Uh, No, Brian and Lisa, they weren't there to drink around the world. So (laughs) what were you there to look for, Brian? Well, I mean, okay, so uh, Epcot and food and wine, um, so we were grazing. Right. Um, I, okay, so we had lunch at uh, at uh, uh, Regal Eagle, which is something Lisa wanted to try to, for the uh, the barbecue jackfruit right. um, burger. But then for dinner, we were going to graze. So the, 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 the rest of the time, we were just sort of winging it um, and, and playing it by ear and, you know, based on how we felt. Um, as far as like the heat and humidity, um, and, and that actually brings brings me to the point of like what it's like to wear a uh, a mask um, for extended periods of time in the Florida heat and humidity. And um, in, in all honesty, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that's what you need to do when you're in a Disney park, um, and so that's what we did. Um, you, you know, it's it's not. You know, you're 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 not gonna you're not gonna faint or anything like that. It's not like you're gonna get, be deprived of oxygen uh, from the experience, uh, like some people complain about. Um, but you know, in that kind of heat, heat and the humidity, it is uncomfortable. Um, and uh, I, I had the unpleasant of exper- experience of like uh, sweat kind of um, collecting at the bottom of the. Uh, uh, a mask, oh. <laughs> uh, which is kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, Ew. <laughs> How many masks did you bring with you that day? We 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 brought two masks. Okay. For each day. Yep. Um, and and the thing is, is that our collection of masks are 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 varied. Um, so some masks are more comfortable to wear than others, but the ones that are more comfortable to wear tend to be thicker and a lot like hotter. Like the Disney masks, they're very yeah, it, yeah exactly. But they're hot, um, and, and some of our masks were Disney masks that we ordered like right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, um, so it's kind of a trade-off, right? 
of like like uh, uh, comfort to wear versus like heat, uh, humidity kind of comfort discomfort. Right. Um. But uh, so so we just we continued walking around World Showcase and um, riding rides that were available. So we we went on Frozen. Uh, okay. That's another boat ride where they were seating front and back. Right. Um, you know, very similar to Pirates of the Caribbean, and uh, it's a small world. Um, and, and then what we was went the on wait the... time for that like? What's that? What was the wait time for that like? That might have been a 20-minute wait. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. 15 or 20-minute wait, yeah. And uh, what was the queue like? Because that that's a queue that I was a little concerned about because it's, it's a lot of indoor with not very good air circulation to the best of my recollection. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's a situation that queue did not have the plexiglass barriers up. So they had the, like I mentioned before, the dots spaced um, appropriately so that you're definitely six feet away from the party, the, the next party in line right, with the queue, right. as well as like, uh, you know, in the switchbacky area. Um, you, you'd have larger gaps, um, so that, um, people weren't standing next to each other or parties wouldn't be right. standing next to each other. Were um, they so using that, both lines? No, I think it was, it was okay. just a standby. Um, I may be wrong, but my recollection was it was pretty much a standby. Um, I'm just more wondering if they were like scattering people like both sides, but I mean, I know there's not many people in the park, so it's not a big deal. I, I mean, that strategy kind of um, reduces the uh, a number of people that can be in the air conditioned part of the queue, but it doesn't really change how quickly it goes. Right. Right. Okay. Um, I see what you're saying. So the point was that, that by, by not, spreading them out that direction, they were able to have more people inside in the air conditioned area. Right. Um, so, so, all right. So they, they worked that out for, for frozen ever after. Um, um, what other things, I mean, you were grazing around, um, the, the food and wine booths. Um, what, what stood out to you from your, uh, food and wine experiences? Oh, uh, I would probably say the mac and cheese. So there's the the, the mac and cheese. Uh, I don't know if you'd really call it a booth because it's in the World Showplace Pavilion. Um, they have oh, like okay. four four uh, vending areas set up um, along the wall that they usually have uh, staged events. Like if you're in there and they're 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 having a, a a party or something, there'd be the stage on the, the right side. Right. And so they had four, four different, um, uh, uh, vending areas in there. Um, and mac and cheese was one of them. And, uh, they had three kinds of mac and cheese. There's mac and cheese, there's lobster mac and cheese, and then there's a plant-based, uh, mac and cheese. I, I think that might be like an impossible, uh, meat based, uh, mac and cheese. Okay. And, and they were all delicious. So we, we and, and you know that that for those of you that are familiar with that space, it's huge. So um, they can have tables that are widely spaced apart and still 
you know, you know, accommodate a lot of people. Sure. Um, going in there and, and getting something to eat and, and um, uh, eating socially distanced. But we decided to take our food outside and um, eat outside. Um, and so that was like the first the first part of our grazing. And then it was also the last part where we got the um, uh, the cake pop uh, dessert from the desserts and champagne uh, uh, vending area. Ooh. Um, and they have multiple fla- flavors, and I don't remember all the flavors, but we got Twix. There's like a, um, a cake with, with Twix, bits of, of Twix um, in, embedded in it that they, uh, um, I guess, dip in chocolate and then uh, uh, dip in or, or freeze with liquid nitrogen. Cool. Uh, so that's that's a tasty treat. Um, in between those two you're visits, me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> in between those two visits to World Showplace, we went um, back to the American Pavilion and we went to the that the funnel cake um, uh, booth where they had something called a street corn funnel cake. Um, okay. Which. Which is not it's 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 a a savory item. It's not desserty at all, okay. um, and, and that was very very good. Um, and we also visited Japan, where Lisa got the uh, tempura don, and um, I got a frothy ramen, um, which is which is actually a, a cold uh, cold ramen. Um, you know, ramen's usually served hot, but this particular one mm-hmm. was served cold. Interesting. Um, That's interesting. Yes. Can you go back to the American, the uh, funnel cake that you got? I'd love to hear what that was. Funnel cake with corn. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, it's called a street corn funnel cake, and I didn't, I didn't include in my notes exactly what, um, what that is made of. So was it like spicy or? No, no, no. It's 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 just a bread with corn in it. I, I guess uh, kind of had the flavor of, of of the 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 breading around corn dogs. Um, gotcha. but that's kind of kind of like in a funnel cake format where they 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 have that dough and they're um, um, oh, dri- drizzling it into the um, the oil. So it's, yeah. it's kind of like Indian fry bread. It sounds like almost right. Okay. That's what it sounds like. So there was no topping on it. It was just a funnel cake. Well, no, there there there, there, was, there was a sauce that they put on top, um, but it wasn't like any. I don't think it was a sweet sauce or anything like that. Right, it wasn't chocolate or strawberries or something. Correct. Cool. I love the sound. <laughs> Willie's making not a list. Vegetables. <laughs> you know, I'm well, not oh, listen to this. <laughs> Willie thinking that sounds good. <laughs> Willie is not the foodie. If you didn't already know that <laughs> foodie, I eat a lot of food. I just like a just not, not exotic, weird, strange foods, but Hey, if it's like an Indian fry bread, you would with corn in it, you would eat it. Or you would totally eat it. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, 
Okay, so I'm looking at the. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Aaron. So I'm looking at the um, a picture of the uh, the the menu sign that's uh-huh. on the window. It says street corn funnel cake topped with roasted corn, cotilla cheese, cilantro, and cumin cremel dusted with paprika. Oh wow! That, that sounds, sounds really amazing. good. It does sound amazing. I would eat it. Me too. Um. All right. So. Um, I'm sorry, I lost track of where we were. Um, and, and any other food highlights? No, that was all for the food. Okay. Um, and and the, the the rest of our experience at Epcot uh, were pretty much rides. Okay. Um, and, uh, okay, so you know the lawn area um, next or between uh, imagination and the land? Yeah. Um, kind of where the, the, you know, back where the imagination bathrooms are. Right. Um, so they had uh, 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 characters um, in the grassy area. Um, so there was uh, Joy. We saw Joy from um, Oh, geez, I'm just uh, blanking on the, <laughs> the movie name. Inside Out. Uh, Inside Out. Joy right. from Inside Out. And uh, later on, who uh, was out there chasing butterflies? Well, pretending to chase butterflies with the net. Um, cool. So those was, I think those were the only character, only other character experiences we had at Epcot besides the uh, the vintage car um, experience when we first entered the park. Um, we um, we also went to uh, uh, Pin Central, uh-huh. uh, which is now in the Camera Center um, next to uh, um, Spaceship Earth. Right, yeah, because, uh, because of the construction. Yeah, because Lisa wanted to see if they had any uh, uh, um, of the limited edition. Uh, um, let's see, wh- which would it be? The, I think the flower and garden pins, uh, okay. the one with figment. Right, right. That's the time of year. Yeah. Usually, those things like get um, bought out within the first week or ten days. Oh yeah, they're gone. I, and then start showing up on, on eBay. <laughs> but surprisingly, they had some. So oh, nice. uh, we were able to pick one up. Um, and pick up uh, for eBay, right? <laughs> now we just we just get one for Lisa. And then we went to the DVC lounge. Because uh, that's that's a, 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 a stop. And the, the DVC lounge is open. Um, and they're operating at a reduced capacity. They have the area to the uh, the beverage machines um, closed off, and so they have a cast member. You know, basically have it closed off with a table, and there's a cast member there that like takes your order, and then they fill the you know they they fill your cup with the beverage and, and hand it to you. Um, right. And uh, other than other than than that, and the tables being socially distanced and the reduced uh, capacity of the area, it's pretty much the same experience. Uh, where you just sort of go up there and you absorb the air conditioning and and hang out for a while and um, and then head out. You know, they always control access to that space. Were there enough people trying to get in that you could tell whether they were specially controlling the the capacity of the space? No, okay. I mean the, there was there was no line to the um, the check in uh, uh, kiosk when we got there. Okay, and there was no line when we uh, we headed out. Um, so I, I, I don't think a lot of people were, were, um, 
were really taking advantage of it. Okay. Were they handing out snacks? No. No. Just just get beverages. The snack service was suspended. Wow, snacks are always so good. Yeah, I know. And and well, and yeah. it's unfortunate because a lot of times they were just they passed out snacks that were packaged anyway. So that was pretty easy. But I think the whole idea is they don't want people hanging around too long with their masks off. Good point. Um, and of course, after we did the DVC lounge, we did Figment. And um yeah, it's kind of funny because uh there are a number of the DVC cast members um that that work that area that we've gotten to know and who recognize us. Um, and so, uh, we always enjoy, uh, catching up with them and, and joking around with them. And, uh, you know, so after we did the figment ride, um, you know, we come back past that check-in area and that they're like, Oh, we, we just can't get rid of you. Won't you, <laughs> why, 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 won't you guys ever leave? So it's, it's, that's always a fun experience. Um, to, to interact with those folks. Sure. That sounds like me in the tequila bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we know what each of your priorities are. Right. Um, <laughs> you make it sound like it's a bad thing. <laughs> Sorry. Did you, ahead, did Brian. you try to write any of the sort of usual Epcot headliners? Oh yeah. So, so then we, we, you know, we, we did the circuit of the East side, um, of uh, future world. So we went to, um, the land, and uh, where we did both soaring and living with the land. So with soaring, we're usually kind of snobby, and we we want to sit in the center, front front seat in the center. And we couldn't do that this time because they kind of put you where they put you. Right. So we got we got all the way over to the right. You couldn't sit more to the right, and <laughs> it was an interesting experience. Makes the Taj Mahal look cool, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Makes everything look cool. And the Eiffel Tower. Yep. Uh, it's it's just amazing how things bend um, right. from that perspective. Um, it, no. it kind of am- amazes me that the that 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 kind of got through. Um, uh, 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 yeah, their own QA process. Yeah. Uh, that you know, cat, uh, a guest would regularly have that experience, um, and and we we decided okay, as long as as these COVID protocols are in place, we're not going to um, uh, we're not going to ride that ride again. Um, but it was interesting to see it once to really sure. ex- experience that d- distortion um, at, at least one time. Now. Let me ask this though. I understand that they've done some retrofitting of the sort of ride vehicle at at Soren, um, where they've used plexiglass to divide things up. Had they put that in place by the time you were there? Yes, they had. And and there was actually a little bit of confusion during the loading uh time because uh apparently the the group ahead of us uh they didn't fill all the seats. Um and so they have to I, I think their operating protocols is that they have to fasten the seat belts um, of all the seats, regardless of whether there's someone in there or not before right. the ride will, will, will engage. And so the seats that we were directed to had seat belts fastened. And um, basically it, 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 it wasn't made clear to me that, that um, they would undo the seat belt. So I thought, Oh, these seats are not, 
these the, right. the ones with the seatbelts means you assume you're not they were out of service. There. Um, so, so there's a little bit of confusion around that, but that got uh, sorted out. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so there, there was there was a plexiglass barrier that was separating us from the next party, uh, the the party next to us. Okay, good. Um, did you do living with the land? We did. Did you see all the signs that said we miss you and things? We we saw some of them. Um, yeah. Now living with the land, they have, uh, you know, they're they're, they're uh, once again they're not filling each row, but they also have uh, plastic sheeting that's dividing um, sections of of the boats. Um, so they're probably loading. Oh, they're only loading a party in in one section. Um, in, in each section of the boat that's been divided by the uh, plastic sheeting. And we were in the back. We were in the back of the first. So, so you know, it's like two boats that are, are, are connected with a, a metal um, uh, a metal rod. And I think we were in the back of the first boat. Um, so our, our view ahead was kind of obstructed by multiple layers of plastic sheeting. Um, so that... That was another ride that uh, we didn't particularly enjoy and don't think we'll be doing again um, until uh, uh, things clear up enough that they can take down those plastic sheets. Yeah, it sounds like the plastic sheeting just didn't didn't work out nearly as well as the plexiglass that they've used in other places. Right. Mm, I could see how that would be pretty problematic, trying to look ahead and, and looking through all the sheets of plastic. Yeah. It was, <laughs> um, and, and and then we had the experience of um, uh, they they turned off for, for whatever reason they they reset the ride and so the jets got turned off so there was a couple minutes where we were just sort of drifting like inches we we're inching along, um, and, and and then you know like eventually the, the the jets came back on and the boat started moving but. Um, that happened in the greenhouse and it was kind of, uh, warm. <laughs> right. So that's where you were stalled and that's not a great place to be stalled. Or you yeah. hop out of the boat and help yourself to a nine pound lemon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get escorted out of the park. Right. With the uh, permanent band. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. So, so that, that's a, a tough one. It's a, I guess a little bit of a miss on, on the, retrofit on living with the land um what what else were you doing in in future world uh so we headed over to the seas we did nemo and friends um once again they were um seating like every three or four clamshells um and after we got off the uh um the nemo ride we actually spent some time uh walking around the uh the aquarium and the exhibits and visiting the manatees and um checking out the fish and the sharks and the, the, the turtles. Um, Speaking of which, I would assume there's no turtle talk with crush. Correct? There is no turtle. Talk, there is no turtle talk with crush. Right. Um, I mean, and all the interactive activities they have or had in that area have been suspended. Yeah. There's a lot of high touch stuff in there that I, yeah. I, can, I can imagine. You just, you can't keep up with that. Um, and then the last the last ride we did was Spaceship Earth. Um, and actually, 
I, I have a story about this. Um, when we were getting off um, the ride, so that exit ramp is is the same area where um, handicap parties will come up to load, and right. it's a very it's a very narrow ramp. And as we were heading down the ramp, there was a a, a party of maybe eight or 10 people heading up the ramp at the same time. And there is no way that you can social distance in that situation. And, um, we were pretty, pretty upset. And it seems that, that they could have engineered it, um, in a way where they could maintain the social distance. So in a situation like that, if you have a, par- a, a party um, that's waiting to load at the bottom of that ramp, they could stop the ride, unload everybody that's in the uh, the, the departure area. Once they've cleared the r- the ramp, then they can just load the um, the handicap party um, in- into the cars and then start the ride again. And that way they keep people separate. But they weren't doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was that was a bit upsetting. Right. But you did thank the Phoenicians just the same, right? Yes, we did. Of course. <laughs> it's bad karma not to thank the Phoenicians. Um, all right. So, so uh, Spaceship Earth, and that one's going to be, looks like, um, you know, I guess they're holding off now on, on doing the big renovation there um, just for resource and timing reasons. Um, so it'll probably still get done, but but maybe not for a little while. Um, so, so what else, uh, were you doing there in, in, in future world? Uh, well, that was it. Oh, that, that was it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was the last thing we did before we headed back to international gateway and, uh, got on the skyway to head back to the, uh, Riviera. Okay. So, so let's, let's maybe kind of reflect back on the big picture stuff now. Cause we, you know, you only had the two days in the park. So, um, first things first, uh, to me, every trip has its thing that is the thing of that trip, right? That that when this thing pops into your head, it says, you know, summer 2020, Walt Disney World. Uh, for you, what what's that thing? What's that moment that's going to be the moment of this trip for you? I would say it's when we um, we we passed under the uh, the railroad tracks in Magic Kingdom, and. Um, just we're looking down main street and how empty it was the, the combination of how empty main street was and, um, the, the, the new, um, the, the redress of the, the castle, um, it, it is really what made the biggest impression on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a, a cool second is the experience of staying at the Riviera. Uh, cause that was a whole lot better than I thought it was going to be based on, how I felt about it when we, we toured the model. Right. Um, and, and then the third thing is just how amusing it was to be on the edge of, um, uh, of soaring and, and, and all the distortions there. Okay. Uh, and then if you were to be giving somebody else some advice about taking this kind of a trip and, you know, they're weighing back and forth. Do we go, do we wait until, you know, that there aren't these restrictions and things? Um, you know, what, what advice do you have for them either about going or not going or about, you know, maximizing the experience once they, once they do choose to go? 
it, it, it depends on on who they are. Um, if it's a if it's a a family that you know that this is a trip that they're that they've been planning for years, and it's 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 something that they're only going to do every few years. I would say hold off. Um, if you're if you're a Florida resident, um, well, I mean, it's, especially since uh, the, the Florida cases are so high, and a lot of states are saying that if you go into Florida, you're going to have to quarantine um, uh, once you get back before you can do anything in whatever state you're 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 going to. Uh-huh. I mean, that kind of puts a big kibosh on 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 it. Kind of extends your your quote unquote vacation by another two weeks. Um, right. But if if you're a Florida resident. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they, they've, they've put a lot of thought and effort into, um, keeping everybody safe, uh, the guests and the cast members. Um, and, and we felt very comfortable, uh, being in the parks and, uh, you know, of course we, I I didn't mention this earlier, but we were constantly using hand sanitizer. Okay. Um, you know, after, after every ride. Um, after every experience where we may have touched something, um, that other people had touched, um, and, you know, they had, they had hand sanitizer, uh, dispensers everywhere. Um, uh, so we were constantly using that. So uh, we, we felt very safe there. Um, as I mentioned before, it, it kind of even felt safer than like going to a local restaurant or going to a, uh, a, a store, a grocery store. Anything that we didn't ask you about, Brian, that you feel like is important to, to share with folks. Um, okay. So the other thing that a, a minor thing about the stay at Riviera, and this would apply to any resort. Um, we found that, uh, when we called the elevator, um, if we were on a middle floor, um, if an elevator would arrive that already had a party in it, we couldn't use that elevator. So oh. I was thinking that, that I don't know. I'm assuming it's possible that you could reprogram the elevator so that it doesn't answer the calls to buttons that are pushed out in the, in the, the elevator lobby area. If, if it's already going to a, a destination. So someone's mm-hmm. inside the elevator, they, they press a button, they're going to that destination they go straight to that destination before that, um, or to that floor before that ev- elevator is available to um, um, answer a call from a button that's pressed uh, from one of the elevator lobbies. Yeah, it's a good question because I, I bet that that's easier to do. Like the Coronado um, uh, Grand Decino Grand Tower, Tower. Tower. Has, yeah. has that new high-tech elevator that I bet could do that. I, I think, I don't know why, you know, what the decision-making process was, but they went with, you know, a completely different elevator system there at, at Riviera. And, and I could see where that would be a, an issue because they are trying to basically, you only want to have one party on an elevator at a time. But wow. I, I, that just got me to thinking about the um, elevator that goes from the, uh, well, that goes down to Sanaa and, um, in Kadani village, animal kingdom, Kadani village. It's like you, you know, as many people as go up and down that elevator, you, you would have a rough time keeping that sanitized. Thank you so much for coming on the show and, and 
talking about your experiences with us. And, you know, it makes it a lot easier, I think, for people to make those hard decisions about whether to go ahead and take the trip or not when they, they hear it firsthand from somebody who's experienced it recently. So thanks for keeping us all up to date. Thank you for having me. That's good information. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. All right. Well, that's our show for tonight. Uh, Thank you again, Brian Cassidy, for sharing your experiences. You're welcome. And thank you to my co-hosts, Tim Hicks. We'll see you real soon. And Willie Crocker. Have a wicked wild night. And until next time, I've been your host, Aaron Ripmaster. I don't play